recorded live. Radio J-Dub, Radio J-Dub, the audio incarnation of the most interesting independent sports blog on the web. You can find us at dubsism.wordpress.com, at dubsism on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. We have a Pinterest page. We're on Tumblr. We're everywhere. D-U-B-S-I-S-M, Dubsism. First page search results on Google. Got some interesting things to talk about today. Um... Have you ever been wrong about anything? Have you ever been wrong about anything and had the whole world put it to you? Well, later on in the show, that's what we're gonna we're gonna get to. Um, the first thing the first thing I want to talk about today. Um, again, whenever I say that Dubsism is the most uh, interesting independent sports blog on the web, it's because we've got great people who contribute regularly to it. We've got. Chris Humphreys over at Sports Chump. I've got Ryan Meehan over at uh, First Order Historians. That's where you can go to get updates on the J-Dub Gambling Challenge. going to be an interesting week this week. Uh, this podcast, as we always say, doesn't get recorded live. It's actually being recorded uh, on a Sunday morning before the NFL action takes place. And by the time we get through editing, post-production, <laughs> was to be using big-time industry terms and making you believe that this podcast is not recorded in my basement on a $400 uh, notebook computer I bought at a fucking Kmart of all places. Uh, the Jacob Gambling Challenge, um, can't really speak to it. Like I said, don't know what's going to happen between the time we record this podcast and the time we actually get it to drop. A lot of the NFL action will have already occurred, so um, go over to uh, firstorderhistorians.com, look for Week 5 NFL Preview. You'll see the J-Dub Gambling Challenge there. You can also see it uh, reblogged at Dubsism. Either way, it's uh, worth checking out uh, the week-by-week NFL previews turning into a collective effort between uh, Ryan Meehan at First Order Historians and uh, Jason from Indiana and myself from Dubsism. So uh, give it a look. Check it out. It's it's well worth watching me still think I can talk about gambling successfully on, uh, on NFL football. With that, let's tell a story. And now, despite numerous requests, here's Johnny! <laughs> Yeah, yesterday I uh, watched the Alabama-Arkansas game. I'm, I'm a big college football fan, and watching that game reminds me of a time, it was about oh, 10, 15 years ago, I don't remember exactly what year we did this, but uh, a buddy of mine and I used to go on one road trip every year, and it was usually, this is when I lived in Minnesota, and we would usually go down south somewhere, usually an SEC game. Uh, one year we go to Arkansas hosting Alabama in Fayetteville. This is about an 11-hour road trip from Minnesota, maybe a little more. Um, it's not a short drive, let's just put it that way. And, you know, one of the things we do is along the way, you know, you stop, you got to stop in Kansas City and get some Arthur Bryant's, you know, the burn ends. If you're ever ever in Kansas City and you like barbecue, Arthur Bryant's is the place to go. Uh, that's a completely free plug because if I lived anywhere near in the Kansas City area, I would probably be on my third heart valve replacement by now just, just from eating that stuff. Uh, long story short, uh, every time I see an Auburn, Al- or not Auburn, um, every time I see an Arkansas-Alabama game, 
uh, reminded of the time that we took uh, took the road trip down to Fayetteville. Uh, game ends up in double overtime. One of the best football games I've ever been at. Arkansas finally finally prevailed. But it was getting to the game, and then what happened in that double overtime? Uh, I like to tell people this is this is the weekend I almost died and or went deaf. Uh, first part, the part where we almost died. Uh, like I said, stop in Kansas City, load up on some Arthur Bryant's, and then continue continue to drive south in a meat coma across Missouri and into Arkansas. All the way across Missouri, the skies are starting to get dark and very ominous, and I'm thinking to myself, eh, "We're going to pick up. We're going to pick up some weather on this trip." And uh, we get to Fayetteville, and Buddy and I, uh, my, we know we can't get a hotel room because we just decided to go down there and we're going to scalp our way into the stadium or do whatever we got to do. But he's got a big old Suburban. It can sleep two full-grown guys in the back, not a problem. So we don't worry about we don't worry about that. We just figure ah, we'll find a nice quiet parking lot somewhere. We'll catch a couple hours of shut eye. We'll go to the ball game in the morning, and the rest is history. Um, Except the weather is not going to cooperate. As we're pulling into Fayetteville, the skies get way dark. And as we find a parking lot to, to hunker down in, sure enough, the skies open up. And it starts out with that rain that's coming down in, in drops that are about the size of marbles, and they sound like hail when they hit a metal roof of a car, but they're not. And so you don't really notice when it turns into hail until you start noticing your, your windshield getting spiderwebbed. And then the wind kicks up. And here's me and this guy. And we're 35-year-old grown men at the time. And we are in the back of this suburban. And we're like, oh, this is where we're going to die because the wind is blowing so hard. Now, remember, we don't have anywhere to go. We are stuck in this thing. There is no shelter, there's no nothing to go hide in, we are in a parking lot, and there is nothing around us that's open, it's, it's just, it's not a good situation, and the wind is picking up, and the wind is starting to rock this suburban back and forth, and it's starting to rock it to the point where you can tell the tires are starting to skip, the, the van is moving across the parking lot with the wind gusts. And we're thinking, this we're going to end up around a tree. There's a tornado coming. We're going to die. So what do we do? We figure we'll just drink all the beer we have now. <laughs> what else are you going to do? I mean, you think you're going to meet your maker. You might as well, you might as well beer up. Well, we get lucky. We don't die. Um, and we find a place that can actually replace the windshield in the Suburban before we go to the football game. Thankfully, it was a... It was a, an afternoon start, so, you know, now we can actually see where we're going, and we can actually make it back to Minnesota at some point when we have to. Uh, so, again, we get to the stadium, we get there, we get in, and a wonderful ball game. The problem is we're sitting right in front of the Arkansas band, and this is loud for a long time, but... Apparently in the SEC, there's a rule that when your team makes it into overtime, your band has to play five times louder. Um, and all of a sudden, we're in overtime, and every time Arkansas does something, here comes that woo-pig-suey stuff, and here comes the Arkansas fight song. Louder than a Judas Priest concert. I mean, seriously, I thought my ears were bleeding by the time I got out of there. By the time we get to the end and Arkansas wins... Then they're going crazy, and, and literally, there's nothing like driving 12 hours across Midwestern America, and all you can hear is that loud ringing in your ears, except it's ringing like uh, the Arkansas fight song. Uh, it took two days for me to get that out of my head, and... To bring this to a close, that's why I always tell people that that's the weekend I almost died and or went deaf. Now we've told a story. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get to the rest of the show.
before story hour with Uncle Dub, I uh, hinted that uh, we we're going to talk about stuff I got wrong. Have you ever been wrong about something? Better yet, have you ever written it down or put it in a podcast so that thousands of people can read it and or see it and or stick it up your butt when you get it wrong? Well, if you've never experienced that sensation, let me tell you what it's like. And I got a couple a couple of good examples to, to go through that with today. Uh, first, first we're going to start with the one that uh, got me, I can't even tell you how many tens of thousands of emails over the last two weeks, but in uh, what I'm going to start calling uh, the segment for the Brits, we're going to talk a little bit about Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. to my discussions about uh, Liverpool Football Club and its managerial situation. And judging by the ratings, you haven't. Thank you, Harry Doyle. Uh, Liverpool, one of the top flight uh, English football clubs, has hit a bit of a spell of mediocrity over the last few years. Uh, brought in a hot property guy to manage that club, a guy named Brendan Rodgers, a guy that in our last podcast I openly admitted that at first I was calling for his head, and then I, you know, admitted that I had a bit of man crush on him, and I said that Liverpool should not fire him, and that if they did, that uh, there is no guarantee that they could get Jurgen Klopp to come to Liverpool, because Liverpool is not amongst the royalty of European football anymore, and Jurgen Klopp, being Mr. Hot Property, is the guy who is probably waiting for a big-time job like a Real Madrid, a Juventus, something something along those lines. Well, the Liverpool fans took exception to that. And when I said that they shouldn't fire Brendan Rodgers, and then he got fired, that took it up a notch. And then I said that Jurgen Klopp would not be interested in taking the Liverpool job, or that he may not be interested in taking the Liverpool job, or that there was no guarantee he would take the Liverpool job. Well, last Friday he took it, and since then I have had every person in England who listened to that podcast and has internet access and more than seven of their own teeth telling me what a fucking idiot I am, and it's so fun when the British do it, you know, because Americans take to Twitter, and you'll get that one egg Twitter, one Twitter guy, and, you know, he, you know, he, he, tells you what an asshole you are, calls you some sort of name, or questions your sexual preference, or, you know, tells you you're screwing your mother, you know, that kind of that kind of stuff, and you never see that guy again. That's, that's the typical American, the hit-and-run guy. The British guy will write three paragraphs and will tell you in no, no uncertain terms what a bloody wanker you are. And, and that's why I find you know, British hate mail far more entertaining than American hate mail. Um, to the point. Okay, so I was wrong. All right. It was my opinion that Brendan Rodgers shouldn't get fired and that the reasons why Liverpool was struggling this year aren't necessarily his fault. Uh, apparently the Fenway Sports Group ownership of Liverpool, um, if you have a few Americans that don't know, uh, Liverpool is also owned by the same people who own the Boston Red Sox, hence the name Fenway. Uh, their patience ran out. Apparently, you know, Tom Warner and the Fenway people, they want Liverpool back in the big four. And 
That's the thing that got me all the hate mail from the Liverpoolians is suggesting that Liverpool is not amongst the quote-unquote traditional big four anymore. Well, all right. In terms of sizes of the clubs, in terms of world um, fan base uh, sizes, uh, followings, what have you, yeah, Liverpool is a, a gargantuan club. And, and it, the English Premier League, for the near future, the big four will be traditionally defined as Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United, and Liverpool. But on the field, or on the pitch, if you really want to get technical with your British-type terms, Liverpool has been replaced by Manchester City in the last four years, and there's really no denying that. Um, Manchester City uh, is consistently in the Champions League, is now finding ways to get out of the group stage in the Champions League, is winning Premier League titles. Liverpool's do doing none of that. Um, I honestly believe, I mean, you can talk about all the reasons why Liverpool fired Brendan Rodgers. You can talk about, you know, the player the player management moves. You can talk about, you know, the whole transfer committee thing. You can get into all this stuff. But what I really think happened is that if you if you go back through my history of talking about this subject, I've said that for Brendan Rodgers to save his job, he had to make Liverpool competitive in Europe. And this year that meant winning the Europa League. And a lot of people want to say that, you know, because the firing of Rodgers came after the Derby draw at Everton, that that was the final straw. I don't believe that. I think the final straw was drawing at home to Sion, the uh, small Swiss club. For Americans, you have to understand that this would be like this would be like Florida State not covering the spread at home against Georgia Southern or some other roast beef state kind of place. Um, if you're going to be European royalty in in the world of football, you don't let teams like Sion tie you at home. You beat them by two, three goals. You. You score early, and you go on cruise control, and you let your fans sit there and cheer and get drunk, just like Florida State fans do when they bring in their sacrificial uh, sacrificial lambs early in the season. That's, what, that's what's supposed to happen. When you don't come away with a win, the fan base turns on you, the rest is history. Brendan Rodgers will do fine. Brendan Rodgers is going to get another European-level job. Uh, he, could, he could stay in the Premier League. He could end up in one of the European leagues. He's, he's far too good of a manager to not have a job. He'll be fine. Um, let's talk about Jurgen Klopp for a minute. The fact that this move happened, the way that it happened means that I'm right about Liverpool not being European football royalty anymore. Klopp is the guy with the resume that takes the mid-level, bottom-level team and brings them to elite status, because that's exactly what he did with Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga. I mean, Borussia Dortmund was a last-place club, and Klopp took over, took them to... Uh, I want to say at least two domestic league um, titles took them to a, a Champions League final against Bayern Munich. Um, made a lot of money when he sold Robert Lewandowski and, and gave that club a financial um, platform on which it will be competitive in both German football and European football for quite some time. That's what the Liverpoolians are hoping happens at Merseyside with Klopp. Will it happen? Time will tell. I like Liverpool's odds. Um, one of the things that you people that bombarded me with email about this is that I am not a Liverpool hater. I'm actually a big Liverpool supporter. So for those of you that invited me to go choke on my Chelsea Blues, you can fuck off. I, I, would, I would rather shoot myself in the face with a flare gun 
than root for Chelsea, except with the sole exception of when they're playing Arsenal. Um, tie flips and, uh, you know, handshake etiquette abounds. I love that stuff. Uh, that can turn into a cheap play- plug for the uh, Men on Blazers podcast. If you are a soccer fan and you want to hear some really entertaining talk about the world of English football, Men and Blazers. They've got a show on NBC Sports Network, uh, Monday nights, 11 o'clock Eastern Time. It's the best sports show produced in this country without an exception. Their podcast, you can find it at meninblazers.com. It's on iTunes. It's on the podcatcher of your choice. You can get it on the same uh, podcatcher that you get this podcast on. Again, for, for football fans everywhere, it's it's the best soccer podcast out there. Go check it out. Now that I'm done giving away, uh, that's shit. That's my second free plug today. I gotta start charging money for this stuff. Uh, I can start charging money when I get more than uh, you know five thousand downloads. Then we'll then we'll talk about that. Speaking of which, uh, not to be a whore, can always use ratings. Can always use comments. Can always use. Uh, the word of mouth. By the way, and even if you're not willing to help us spread the podcast, we are always looking for people willing to participate, either on the blog or at the podcast. Lots of ways to do that. If you're interested, drop us a line, dubsism at yahoo.com. Again, without going through the full spiel we do at the beginning and the end of each podcast, we're everywhere on the web, the blog, Facebook, Twitter, Cave Drawing Smoke Signal, we're out there. Uh, We love to talk to listeners and fellow sports fans. Give us a call. Give us a ring. Give us something. Having said that, take a little break. Move on to the next subject where I was dreadfully, dreadfully wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. I, I had a remake to that song in my head called Rexy and the Jets and never got around to making it happen and now he's in Buffalo and it just doesn't have the same ring you know, with Todd Bowles and the Jets or maybe we do Gino and the Jets uh, I don't think Gino Smith's going to be there much longer uh, he's kind of a green RG3 but uh that's kind of not the point of this. The point of this, before break, tease said we're going to talk about the New York Jets and how I was really, really wrong about them. Well, in an NFL preview piece that I worked on with Meehan and some of the other some of the other guys that uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the people who make Dubsism the most interesting independent sports blog out there, I predicted that the New York Jets would be the worst team in the NFL and that that would be the dumpster fire that we watched for, you know, schadenfreude-like entertainment all season long. Well, that's not going to happen. It's a Lannis Morissette-level irony that 
the incident that made me think that the Jets would be a season-long dumpster fire actually turned out to be the best thing that could ever possibly happen to them. Back in the preseason, when their starting quarterback, the aforementioned Geno Smith, got slugged in the jaw and uh, required surgery to fix it, by uh, a sixth-round draft pick linebacker who was subsequently cut and then picked up by Buffalo and then subsequently cut. When that happened, I was all about, oh, well, you know, here we go. The the legacy of Rex Ryan, the undisciplined locker room. Todd Bowles hasn't had time to fix this yet. It's going to be a train wreck on top of a train wreck on top of a dumpster fire on top of, you know, new Coke and an Ishtar showing. Um a lot of old references in there. Google them if you have to. Bottom line, the Jets were going to be a train wreck. There was no chance this team was going to win two games. It was just going to be, you know, the Benny Hill music in that organization all all season long. Well, lo and behold, uh, don't look down, but the New York Jets do not suck. Uh, I could go the other way on the New York Jets, and, and I... As I say this, there's a certain person whose voice I can hear in my head just screaming out loud, but the Jets, if they didn't have to worry about chasing the Patriots in the AFC East, if you put them in any other division in the AFC, the Jets are a potential playoff team. Again, they're not going to get in front of the Patriots. The Patriots are on their fuck-the-whole-world tour they're going to go 14-2, and 13-3. and three. They're going to lay waste to everything in front of them. The Jets are going to be a 10-win team, and that's not going to get them in the playoffs in, in that situation. Um, I tell you what, if you put the Jets in the NFC East, they're, they're a lot to get them in the playoffs. Um, what's really funny is that as I broke down why the Jets are as good as they are, they have a common thread with why the Seattle offense is sputtering as much as it is. I mean, the, the Seahawks, for a team that's been to the Super Bowl the last two years in a row, they don't look good at all on offense. And, yeah, okay, you can say that, you know, their battering ram, Marshawn Lynch, has been hurt. But even before he was hurt, and possibly even part of the reason why he got hurt, is because that Seattle offensive line has lost two of its major components. Uh one is in, in the Jimmy Graham trade. They traded um, Pro Bowl center Max Unger to the Saints. But to me, the difference maker and the common thread between why Seattle is not as good as they are or, have, or is not as good as they have been and the New York Jets are better than we thought is James Carpenter. James Carpenter, guard, Seattle Seahawks. Nobody ever pays attention to offensive linemen, but they matter. And James Carpenter proves that they matter. Okay. James Carpenter moves to the Jets in the offseason, and all of a sudden, the Seahawks don't run the football like they used to. But guess who does run the football like the Seahawks used to? The Jets! Chris Ivory is looking every bit like a Walmart version of Marshawn Lynch. I mean, he's running like his head is made out of a cinder block. He's running over people, and the reason why he's doing it is because he's got a, a guard like James Carpenter that's getting him out to the second level, that's letting him miss guys at the line of scrimmage and plow over dudes in, in the defensive backfield. I mean, it's not sexy. It's not exciting football, but the Jets can run the ball, and that's going to matter come November, December, when you start getting those swirling wind games in New York. The Jets can win those. They also, the Jets, know that they don't have a big-time quarterback that they're going to go out and win ballgames with. I mean, it's, it, it was a blessing in the size to get Geno Smith off the field. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to wow anybody with his play. But he's just athletic enough to extend plays. He's smart enough to not fuck up in big-game situations. Um, is he going to make plays to win ballgames for you? No, he's not. But he's not going to lose ballgames for you either. He's, he's an Ivy League version of Kyle Orton. And anybody knows that's listened to my podcast or, or read my blogs that, you know, when people dogged on Kyle Orton, it's like, well, wait a minute. The guy wins football games. You know, just because he doesn't burn up the fantasy football leagues, 
There's no reason to dog on him for that. That's why, you know, people call these kind of quarterbacks game managers. Well, you know, what's wrong with that? You know, if a guy's not Tom Brady or, you know, the Peyton Manning of five years ago or the Drew Brees of five years ago, you know, it's like that's, that's the model that everybody wants in their quarterback. Well, you know, there's only three or four of those guys. Okay? So... You look at the other side of it. Okay, you want that million-dollar arm quarterback that's just going to throw interceptions all day long? Well, the Bears got one. It's called Jay Cutler. Would you rather have Jay Cutler or Ryan Fitzpatrick on your team? And that's, that's the little game I love to play with people like, well, that guy sucks. I wouldn't have him on team. Okay, well, let's, you're a general manager. Let's play this game. It's either Ryan Fitzpatrick or X, and you have to pick one of them. There is no option C. And you would be surprised when you play that game with people how, how high on the list of quote-unquote good quarterbacks Ryan Fitzpatrick will be chosen over. There's a lot of people out there. I mean, before the injury, there's a lot of people out there that would, that would told me to my face that they would take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Tony Romo. There's a lot of people out there to my face that told me they would take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Joe Flacco. There's a lot of people out there that, to my face, told me, again, this is a before-the-injury situation, that they would take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Ben Roethlisberger. And that's the one where I really kind of went, wait, 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 wait a minute. Um, Roethlisberger won two Super Bowls. I didn't say that when they said they'd take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Eli Manning. I would take, I would take um, pretty much anybody over Eli Manning uh, at this point in his career. What am I babbling about? The point is, is that if you look at the New York Jets and you look at the Seattle Seahawks that have been in two Super Bowls, the models are remarkably similar. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I've already said, he's not as athletic as Russell Wilson, but he's the same kind of quarterback. He can get out of trouble. He can make plays. Fitzpatrick can't run like Wilson can, but Wilson with, you know, minor exceptions doesn't give the ball away either. Before you write and tell me about, you know, the Super Bowl last year, that I that's that's I, I put that one firmly on Daryl Bevel. I don't Russell Wilson ran the play he was called he was told to play. I, I that's a discussion for another day. But offensively, it's it's an offense that's not built around winning winning games throwing. It's based on running the football. And that Jets defense is only getting better. Um, if you thought the Jets defense under Sexy Rexy was was pretty good, I think that this team has got a shot to be every bit as good, if not better. Doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs this year. But down the road, I mean, Patriots fans may not want to hear this, but sometime in the next two or three years, the Brady-Belichick era is going to be over. And the New York Jets right now look like they are taking the first steps towards being a team in position to to take over that spot at the top of the AFC East when the Patriots' uh, run is finally over. Doesn't mean I'm guaranteeing it's going to happen. I mean, they're the Jets. There's a reason why they have found a way to step on their own dicks time and time again over the last 45 years. But based on what I've seen today... I certainly, I certainly can't uh, can't call them a dumpster fire anymore. So can't wait to hear from uh, certain segments of people who I know are not going to agree with that, no matter what. So Bills fans, Patriots fans, whoever, whatever fans. Give me the Jurgen Klopp treatment when the Jets step on their own dicks two weeks from now and uh, start looking like the New York Jets of old. Uh, they may even may even do it as, as early as today. Don't know. Doesn't matter. I think that they've got a bright future. And I'm going to say that after having called them a dumpster fire. So, having said that, you're probably really dying to know what is the next thing that I was really wrong about. It's a good one. It's one we all do. A lot of us do. A lot of you, uh, come Monday morning, will be talking about this around your office, water cooler, coffee maker, 
Panera Bread, Muffin, whatever. After the break, I'm going to talk about why I fucking hate fantasy football. More in a bit. People are listening to this podcast and going, if you hate fantasy football so much, why do you do it? Have you ever smoked? I smoked for a long time. And one of the things you discover when you want to quit smoking, but all your friends still smoke, is that you're never going to quit smoking. I would love to quit fantasy football but I have fantasy football people all around me. Uh, I, my work, I'm surrounded with them. At home, I, my wife is in my fantasy football league. Try to quit smoking sometime and your wife doesn't want to quit smoking. Guess what your odds of success are. Okay? For various and sundry reasons, there are some dietary restrictions in my house. And when your spouse goes on a special diet, you know what? You do, too. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Because 
You cannot sit there in front of your spouse and eat something that is on their can't-have list anymore and go, hmm, boy, remember the days you could do this? That's how you get a frying pan upside your head. Okay? And you're wondering, what am I babbling about? It's like, okay, you have no imagination if you do not understand how the connection between domestic violence and fantasy football happens. Real easy. Okay. But let me take this back to the beginning. All right. As an order of compromise, uh, we started a fantasy football league that a lot of fantasy purists would, would recoil in horror at. We... We do kind of an auto-draft thing, and it's really, there's no money involved, and it's not really about anything other than some smack talk and bragging rights. And it's it's the same cast of characters, because we're all people who kind of want a little something involved in it, but don't want to, you know, be that guy that spends hours preparing for a fantasy football draft, and sure as shit, uh, not going to be that guy that does the fan duel thing. Um, here's what it comes down to. Um, when you get to a point where you've done what you can do, and in this in this league, I, I won, uh, won the title in three out of four years, and then in the last two years, I have become a perennial doormat and nothing I do goes right um, and what happens when you're in a situation like that is that when the roles reverse it's one thing okay when you go from penthouse to outhouse that's one set of problems but when your wife makes the opposite move and goes from outhouse to penthouse boy you find out real quick that, you know, there's times when you mean to talk smack, and there's times when you mean to say, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, you know, that kind of thing. What you don't get is that there's little things you said that you didn't even intend to be shot that stuck. And all of a sudden, when you least expected it, those come rocketing back at you, you know? Um, case in point. A little bit ago, I mentioned uh, the late, great Jay Cutler, quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Uh, for purposes of full disclosure, full disclosure, that was deliberate, uh, I was a big Jay Cutler fan uh, coming out of college. And Vanderbilt, I, I will never forget, he goes down to Florida. When Florida, and this is, this is the Urban Meyer good Florida, a national championship Florida, with a Vanderbilt team that's not really that good, and single-handedly takes the Florida Gators into overtime and loses on a last-second play, and, you know, I'll never forget his Jay Cutler's dad in this sea of blue and orange in his black Vanderbilt jersey doing the Gator chop, and I'm thinking to myself, that guy's never getting out of that stadium alive. But what I was impressed with is that Jay Cutler put that team on his back and took them to a place where they had no business being. They had no business taking that Florida team into overtime, and they did. So Jay Cutler comes out, and he's in the NFL, and he has that rookie season where, you know, he's looking like the real deal as an NFL quarterback, and then all of a sudden the wheels started coming off. And then all of a sudden, he's in Chicago, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse for him. I mean, here's a guy that one day will go out and throw three touchdown passes, and then, you know, will turn around and throw four interceptions. And you just, you never know what you're going to get. Well, one year the wife tried to ride the Cutler train in fantasy football, and um, that turned out to be the express train to last place, and all that time I'm saying, well, you know, gee, I've, I've always been a Cutler guy, I, you know, I've always thought, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year, I'm, I'm, I'm the heroin addict chasing the dragon, you know, this is the year, this is the year, and it just doesn't happen, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. 
Well, last year, I kind of get called out on this, and, I, and, and the wife says, well, you, you've been singing Cutler's song so long. Well, now look at the offense the Bears finally put around. And I'm in. I can't resist. I get him on my fantasy team. You know, they got Matt Forte. We've got Brandon Marshall. We've got Alshon Jeffrey. Martellus Bennett at tight end. That offensive line finally doesn't suck. I haven't seen Jay Cutler with a full offense, a full healthy offense. I kind of, I kind of got to do it, and you know, so I put my money where my mouth is, and my money's not even cold on the table. And there's the pool cue that's bashing my teeth in. I, Cutler becomes an electrically powered, fully automated fuck up machine, and. I can't get him out of my lineup fast enough. And if you ever played fantasy football, you know that you know once your starting quarterback isn't doing anything for you, you don't have a lot of options. It's like the real NFL. You know, nobody has nobody has Andrew Luck and Tom Brady on their roster, um, except this year. My fucking wife has Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's her backup quarterback. Got him because. Thanks to Roger Goodell, nobody thought Tom Brady was going to play the first four weeks of the season. So, when she decides that Russell Wilson isn't really doing it anymore, she can fall back on Mr. Four Touchdowns a Week Brady, which brings us to why I'm starting to hate fantasy football. Because now, every time I make a a Jay Cutler statement, every time I make a statement, my wife who has a mind like a mental file cabinet, will pull out every goddamn comment I have ever made in my life, heat them up, give them a quarter turn to the right, and pack them in my ass. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Girls, tell me where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally, girls, have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee? Um. <laughs> you know what? If your engine is not revving up, you know what you need? You need a Holy Ghost enema right up your rear end. Hey, these people know something. I want full cavity searches. Everyone, go deep on them. Recording this podcast, uh, the start of week five in the NFL, which means, yeah, I got 12 more Sundays of this coming, okay? Because right now, my quarterback is Andrew Luck. And if you are playing fantasy football this year, you know that having Andrew Luck is like having a case of nuclear-powered hemorrhoids. It is going to be a pain in your ass all year long because the Indianapolis Colts are garbage, and they're going to be garbage, and it's only going to get worse for Colts fans. You know, Colts fans want to talk some smack about uh, the Patriots and Deflategate and all this stuff. Patriots are going to come to town next week, and they're going to hang a 50-burger on the Colts, and I'm going to have to sit there and watch my fantasy quarterback probably get killed. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? And I got nobody to blame but myself for this. Nobody. Why? I have to let my wife in the goddamn league. If you're a guy in a fantasy football league out there, you have two choices. You can let your wife into your fantasy football league, or you can stay married. Where are your brains in your ass? Why is everyone so fucking stupid? Radio J-Dub. The audio incarnation of the most interesting sports blog on the web. Find us at dubsism.wordpress.com, at dubsism on Twitter, Facebook page, Pinterest, Tumblr, you name it. D-U-B-S-I-S-S. 
am. Dubs are the first page search result on Google. Again, really could use ratings, really could use comments on iTunes, the podcatcher of your choice, whatever. Also, really looking for guest podcasters, guest bloggers, people who just want to talk about sports. After all, the whole point of all this, trying to give the regular guy a voice in the sports media world that isn't completely fucked up by the bottom feeders at ESPN. With that, until the next episode of Radio J-Dub, keep on doing that voodoo that you do. Straight man, your butt feels great. Don't worry, I'll never tell. When you next time, maybe you'll try mine. But for now, let's hear you yell. I can pop you in the pooper, buddy, until I hear you squeal. Hey, if it hurts first, that'll pass and then you'll see it's no big deal. Look at the doggy style, so get on your paws. Yeah. Turn around and kneel. Yeah, pop you in the pooper buddies. Let's see how good it feels. And it's gonna feel good. Yeah, shake it. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Let me be your heart Let me be